0: Brain Injury Today is sponsored by the Washington State Traumatic Brain Injury Council and produced by Goal Seventeen Media,
1: Storytellers for the Common Good.
0: Having that community is really important to kind of restabilize your life, so that you can you can figure out what your abilities are that you can use and make the contributions that make you feel the most valuable. This is such a struggle for so many of us, both the survivors and the supporters, people that are in the communities that um, are helping these survivors get back on their feet.
1: Welcome to Brain Injury Today, your connection to the brain injury community. I'm Sabrina Bonaparte, your new host of the Brain Injury Today podcast. I've been a board member for the Brain Injury Alliance since 2018, and my work on the board includes heading up the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee and actively participating in the Legal Advocacy Committee. I hope that by telling my story, I could educate others on the importance of providing support to the brain injury community and their families. We're all in this together. So, just as a little background on me, I'm not a physician and I don't have a brain injury. I actually became involved with the brain injury community when my husband, Brandon, had a brain injury. It was almost nine years ago at the time of this recording, so it was July of 2013. I have Brandon with me here today, and we're going to tell his story. I also have Christian here with me, and Christian is also going to tell his story. Christian's a very close friend of ours and somebody who's been invaluable in our lives since Brandon's brain injury. So I'm going to start with you, Brandon. Would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Brandon Blake, and I am Sabrina's husband, and I yeah, I'm a brain injury survivor, a musician, a calligrapher, I'm an educator, and I have worked with kids in, in different schools for uh, 15, 16 years now. So education's my jam, and I love that I can be here with all you today. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for joining us, Brandon. It's great to have you here. So can you tell me, what do you remember from the night? or the afternoon rather of July 25th, 2013?
2: I remember that day really, really clearly. I was teaching preschool and I had brought my students to the universe, uh, the, the museum of flight. And the museum of flight was this amazing place where we had the culmination of all of our studies of space and rocketry culminate. And the kids were so excited. And I remember the day with as much clarity as I may remember any day in my life. And I remember the kids had the just the best time. And even adults were like, how do your students know all this? And we're like, they're smart. They're capable. It was amazing. And when we got back to preschool, I remember the kids were exhausted. They had a great day. And I put them all Uh, you know, ready for, for nap time. I said goodbye to them. I said goodbye to the teachers. I'll see you tomorrow. I got on my bicycle, put on my helmet and I rode away. And I remember thinking to myself, just two blocks from work. What a great day. That's why I do what I do. And it was just such a great feeling. And that's the last thing I remember before waking up from a medically induced coma the next day. Where Sabrina was holding my hand, looking into my eyes and smiling. And I had no idea where I was, what had happened. I was literally tied down to a bed. I couldn't feel my face. I had no idea what was happening. And little did I know that that would be the first day of the rest of my life, which I know we'll
1: get into. Would you like me to fill in the part of the story you don't remember? Because I can certainly do that. Sure.
2: Please, Sabrina. So
1: around 4.30 in the afternoon, you were biking home, as you normally do, and you were on Dexter Avenue in Seattle, um, in the bike lane. You were going south. You reached Harrison, uh, the, the crossroads of Dexter and Harrison, and you were going through a light, an intersection, and a woman turned left in front of you and hit you, and you slammed into the side of her car. Um, you sustained multiple facial fractures, you sustained multiple broken ribs. um, There was a lot of injuries to your face as far from the glass um, that cut your face open. And most importantly, you sustained a brain injury. And I'm just wondering, immediately after your brain injury, I know that you and I went on a learning process. We had a learning process, right? How did you feel not necessarily in the hospital. I know you don't have a lot of memory of what happened in the hospital, but once we got home and settled in and you kind of realized I had this accident, what were you thinking? What were you feeling?
2: I was so confused. I didn't know what was happening. Things were being explained to me. I couldn't remember them. I couldn't focus on them. I couldn't concentrate on what was happening. All I knew is that everything felt different. My body was aching. My face, I could barely feel. I couldn't move my, my mouth. I couldn't open my mouth because my jaws were wired shut after the facial reconstruction. And I was just in a state of pure confusion, gratitude that, okay, it sounds like I went through a really horrific accident. It's a good thing I survived, but I was in such a cloud, and in those immediate weeks after, I thought I felt so brain foggy and and cloudy and disoriented and and just plain yucky because of the pain meds that I was on from all of the physical injuries that I sustained. And I didn't want to be on the pain meds, and I didn't like them, but doctors said they were important for my recovery. And I got off of them as soon as I could. And I thought when I got off of my pain meds, all of these weird brain fog symptoms and forgetfulness and irritability and crankiness and anger and rage and joy and all of this oscillating emotion would subside and I'd feel better and my brain would return to normal. But that's when I realized that when I got off of the pain medications, my brain didn't feel better. I was no less confused. I was no less forgetful or moody or emotional. And it was the realization that I actually did sustain a traumatic brain injury. And we had to start figuring out what this was, how I was going to deal with it, how I was going to learn to recover with this, and how I would eventually learn how to live with it.
1: I think I had similar thoughts. As soon as we got you off the pain meds, everything would go back to normal and our lives would be perfectly back to normal. After all, at that point, you had seen your plastic surgeons who reassembled your face and they said, you look great. You're ready to go. You're ready to go back to work. Everything's good. But they weren't thinking about your brain. And so for me... Everyone who knows me knows that I'm an extreme empath, and I was actually internalizing a lot of what was happening with you, and I just felt so guilty that I could do nothing to help you. And so I, as I always do, conducted a bunch of research, uh, and I found the Brain Injury Alliance on the internet, and I thought, oh, this is great. There's a whole organization in the state of Washington that supports people with brain injuries. I got to get Brandon connected to them. And more specifically, I really wanted you to get involved with support groups because I thought that the support groups were going to provide you an outlet to be able to talk to people who truly understood what you were going through. And so I encouraged you to join a support group, and I believe it was October, just a few months after your accident. Will you tell me a little bit more about the very first brain injury support group you ever attended?
2: Sure, the first support group I ever attended was just 2 months after my injury. It was a support group that Sabrina found for me to attend. Again, I was completely alone and isolated. I didn't know anybody with a brain injury. I had nobody who knew what I was going through. I attended the support group at Harborview Medical Center, which was the same hospital that I received my intensive care in, and I met Michelle Kaufman and Joel Laguanatan who led and still lead the group. And it was like a light bulb went off. It was unbelievable because for the first time, I met people who knew what I was going through. I met people who understood what I was dealing with. And I got to hear stories of other people and their experience with brain injury. And I remember leaving that group feeling seen and heard and feeling like I found my people, that I found people Who knew what I was going through, who understood and could offer me the support that I needed that frankly, people who didn't have a brain injury and didn't understand couldn't offer in the same way that Michelle and Joel could in their support group. So it really was a life changing moment walking into those doors and meeting other people with brain injury.
1: And Michelle and Joel are mainstays in the community. They're still leading that very same support group. They pivoted during the pandemic. So now they have a fantastic Facebook group that they're, that they're very active on, that a lot of people are very active on, where they share resources and recipes and have a newsletter and just keep people happy. And they also have a Zoom support group and they have several meetups that they've scheduled too. So Joel and Michelle are still incredibly active despite the pandemic. And it's just wonderful to have them as part of our community. So you're still friends with several people you met that very day.
2: I'm absolutely still friends with people from that first support group and the support that I continue to receive and the support that I'm able to continue to give keeps this community alive and vibrant. And it really is in a community that is alive because these friendships are still alive today. My friendships of the people that I met on that very first day, I'm still great friends with a lot of those people and still in touch with them and knowing about their lives and offering support in the ways that I can. But it really underscores when you meet people in a support group for the first time and you unpack your story and where you're at, you are getting that support group along with a, a package of friends and people that'll be with you whenever you need. So it's just something that it's not just the support that you get right then and there in the moment of the support group. It's about the support that you continue to receive because you have now found community.
1: Christian was not there that very day, but you met Christian a few months later. Uh, I will say mm-hmm. that you met him at the Wallingford Mild TBI support group and I think we'll have a whole episode on this, and I know that a past episode with Dr. Vavilala talked about how mild TBI is kind of a misnomer. Uh, there was nothing mild about your injury whatsoever. I know with Christian, it was the same situation, but your medical diagnosis was a mild TBI, and that's where you met Christian. Could you walk me through when you actually met Christian at that group, Uh How did you meet him? What was the situation like? Because I remember when you came home that day, you were so excited to tell me about this new friend you had just met at a support group. So can you rewind and think about that day and tell me what it was like when you met Christian at the support group?
2: Yeah, I remember being at the support group, one that I had been going to for some months and feeling supported and feeling like I had a community but I didn't necessarily know anybody in the group, or I hadn't met anybody in the group yet that, that shared a lot of my same values and ideals and was a cyclist and was passionate about biking and passionate about the environment and, you know, just fun and, and, and young and funny. And I met Christian. He, he walks in. Um, and I believe you, were just beaming with your smile. And, you know, you had some of your bike stuff that you were uh, into and talking about. And as soon as you started talking about how you had a bicycle crash of your own with your own circumstances, which we'll get into, that you and I shared this brain injury journey and story of having it starts with the bicycle and how passionate we were about that. And so I came home and I told Sabrina, I have a new friend. We're going to totally hit it. We totally hit it off. We, I remember Christian after the meeting, uh, we both stayed late to talk to each other and we chatted for, it seemed like quite some time. And we realized that we were definitely going to get together again. We were going to support each other. And that's the big thing that I remember that day. It's that feeling of finding somebody else who knows what you're going through, finding somebody else who has some similar experiences, and we were able to really hit it off. And that was one of the moments where I just really realized how important having people that you can find in a support group to truly connect with that, understand what you're going through, how absolutely important that was for me and my journey in recovery.
1: And without further ado, I would love to talk to Christian because I want to see how you remember that day. But before we get into that, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you came to us and what your brain injury story is?
0: Yeah, great. So, um, with all that context, the prelude to my introduction, I was also um, I was working in Seattle at a Seattle College teaching students about sustainability and things that are whatever that in a modern world thinks is uh sustainability, social justice, like environmental responsibility. I was teaching students that, and as part of that, I was riding my bike to a work meeting, ironically, at a hospital. And I, I crashed on the way there. I never made it. And um I, quote, woke up six weeks later. And, you know, I say woke up because you don't exactly snap out of it like in movies kill Bill or whatever, you know, like you I was in a fog for many months, uh, m- many years actually, and uh um barely couldn't take care of myself for probably um three years I'd say. I was you know, had it, all my family and friends were all taking care of me in, in different ways and my employer was really supportive because thankfully I was I was uh on the clock as I was commuting to this meeting because it was for work. So um, thankfully, uh, I was covered with L&I for all my injury, uh, medical you know, expenses and things. Um, but that still doesn't replace the fact that you've had your life destroyed. And um, it's really been a rebuilding process to come back from as much as I can to where I want to go and value the things that I, I hold the most dear to me and um, kind of focus my energies on rebuilding those things.
1: And I think congratulations are in order because you just reached a huge milestone, which is your 10-year anniversary of your accident. And we're really glad that you're here. We're very glad that you're here and that you've reached 10 years. And I recently saw a video of your recovery, even though I've known you all these years, I saw a video that was made. And even as somebody who spent a lot of time with brain injury survivors, not just Brandon, but many others, I was shocked at how far you've come. Uh, you really had to, a, a large deficit that you had to come back from. And your personality was always there. The videos of you in the hospital, it was definitely you. And it was wonderful to see how resilient you are and how hard you had to work. It, it's just remarkable. And I'm just really glad that you were able to make such a great recovery and we're glad that you're still here.
0: Thank you, Sabrina. I, um, If I can share a little context um, just for medical analysis, my um, I was in a coma. Um, they rank the scale from uh, one to sixteen as in your coma, and sixteen is like a a bad headache, you know. You know, is barely unconscious, you know, and one is almost dead. Like, and basically, my coma was a, a three on the Glasgow Coma Scale. I um, was out for six weeks, and then, as I said, it was about three or four months before I could. Um, before I could really say I was leaving my coma, like leaving the 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 severe deficit that I had.
1: Wow. That's remarkable. And yeah, I, I remember seeing part of the videos of you having your first bite of food. And now I've known you all these years. I know how much the three of us love to eat together. So it was really fun watching you. was it it was pudding I believe that you had
2: so good
1: yeah (laughs) about your first bites of pudding but things that you don't think about things that you might take for granted right but uh and interestingly enough the first food that Brandon could taste after starting to recover from his injury was our friend's pudding as well so both of you have that in common that pudding was really the first delicious food that you had coming out of you know your recovery so that's great um so it sounds like early on, Christian, you had a lot of support from your family and your friends. What brought you to support groups and what support groups did you attend and how soon did you attend after your accident?
0: I didn't bring myself to support groups. My friends and family said, you need support. Here you go. And they stuck me in these places that I, I didn't know existed, but um, just it was great because I'm an incredibly social person and I get the feed off energy that others have and, and uh, give my own. So um, I had friends and family that said, they itemized my schedule, go to this support group, then go to this support group, then go to this support group. And that way I get to kind of pick and choose which ones I, I value the most.
1: And which ones did you find the most helpful?
0: It was great to see uh, all the other people that were struggling with brain injuries like me and 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 realized that even despite how difficult I had it, like I was so fortunate that I didn't, I wasn't as bad as that guy, and I wasn't had that difficult that woman has. And, like that sounds shallow to say, but like I, um, I realized how much that even as severely injured as I was, I um, took granted my own life, and it was just a constant reflection of that um, at these brain injury support groups
1: we could do a whole episode on survivor's guilt. I know Brandon kind of went through that too. And in a sense, kind of seeing exactly what you saw, Christian, which is you're in a group and, you know, you have your own issues for sure, but then you see other people who have it a lot worse than you. And then you kind of feel maybe a little guilty about it, or, you know, maybe you feel very fortunate that you're in the place you're in, but it's, it's still a difficult thing to process. And that's the thing about brain injury too, is that You two both had bicycle accidents. There were very different circumstances. You had very different injuries. You were both wearing helmets, fortunately, because that saved both of your lives.
0: I wouldn't be alive, no way.
2: Same.
1: Even though the situations around your accidents were very different, even your initial recoveries were both very different, I think nowadays when we hang out, it's great to see the two of you interact because you still have different challenges but you can relate to each other's challenges. So, you know, for example, Christian, when we came to visit you over the summer, Brandon was out at loud restaurants outdoors. There's a lot of people. It was very cognitively challenging for Brandon to be around all that noise and he got very fatigued. That didn't happen as much to you, but you definitely could understand what he was going through. Yeah, and I know you're both champions at naps too, which is great. Uh <laughs> because you got to give that brain a rest as well. But I just think it's really interesting how you have such similarities and such differences. I will say, uh, Christian, now that you've moved away from Seattle, I know that you still have family supporting you and lots of good friends as well. But how do you feel where you live now? Do you feel that there's sort of the same level of support? Is it different? Do you feel happy that you've moved? What What are your thoughts on your current situation?
0: I had this thought in my mind that Seattle was my home because it is, I lived there for 20 years. I, I relate most to Seattle, but, um, I thought as soon as I recovered enough to, you know, get a job in Seattle, I could take a job and I'd start my life there again. And, and I followed that dream and I um worked this, this job, but then I ended up getting dismissed because of my brain injury. I wasn't able to function at that level that I thought I, I could and that I used to be able to. So, um, uh, I I kind of slinked home from Seattle to Portland and uh, continued my work down here. But again, rebuilding, continuing to rebuild my uh, my skills and my abilities from from the knowledge that I, I do have. I still have it. Just comes out a little bit slower.
1: But you feel well supported in Portland. I know there's a lot of resources down there for brain injury survival. Yes,
0: there definitely are, and I I definitely feel supported. If I need it, and I've transitioned more from the supported role to the supporter role, and being a brain injury survivor, I can be a good voice of um, experience for those who have have, have want to learn from you know my own experiences.
1: That's wonderful, and I will say you've created a perfect segue into my next conversation with you too, which is I'd like to hear what both of you think about how people can support. Individuals in the brain injury community and their families, because brain injury doesn't just affect the person that it happens to; it affects everybody. So, what are your thoughts on how to best support the whole community?
0: Being supporting the whole community, I actually volunteer as much as I can. I don't; I wasn't uh, greatly compensated like many people. Sorry, some people with brain injury are. So I, um, I still have to work. And um, I, but I still make time to volunteer with different groups. And and one group that I volunteer with is uh, the homeless community, the houseless community here in Portland, which is a big issue in right now in the country, because there's just not the occupational opportunities that there've been. And I got to know a lot of people in, uh, in the homeless community and they, and uh, many of them suffer from brain injuries also, but they're, largely undiagnosed and unrecognized. And so that just makes them struggle even more.
1: That's wonderful that you've found such an outlet. And it seems like you have a wonderful community down there. I know we've met some of your friends who are also brain injured when we were down there and play played some games with them. and They're awesome. And I was just so honored to meet everybody. Uh, and the folks at Sarah Bellum's Bakery as well down in Portland that have a a, a work and volunteer program that serve people with brain injuries. It's a wonderful organization.
0: Yeah. Having that community is really important to kind of restabilize your life so you can you can figure out what your abilities are that you can use and make the contributions that make you feel most valuable.
1: Right. And Brandon, what's your advice?
2: My advice for caregivers, supporters, allies, and upstanders, listen. To survivors, listen to their stories. You know, you listening right now is wildly important because the more you know, the more you learn, the more you hear, the more you can do, the more you can act, the more you can care. Absorb information, seek out resources, go to you know, the Brain Injury Alliance's website and find resources to support you and your family and your loved ones that are dealing and living with brain injury. So just seek out information. It's out there. It feels like a a journey that when you start, it's so lonely and isolating, but it doesn't have to be. There are resources and communities and support groups and people who are there waiting to receive you with open arms and give you everything you seek.
1: Thank you. And I just want to say again, Christian, I feel very fortunate to have you in my life and to have you as a friend. And I, I wish we could see you more often and hopefully that will happen soon, but it's great to see you whenever we can. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. And I just want to leave the floor to either of you if you have any closing thoughts that you would like to end with.
0: Likewise, I thank you for hosting this and, and having the initiative to get this word out because this is such a struggle for so many of us, both the survivors and the supporters, the care, caregivers and the um, family and the friends and people that are in the communities that um, are helping these survivors get back on their feet. So. Um, We all appreciate your work very much.
1: Thank you. Brandon?
2: Find people that are in your community that are experiencing anything like this. Find people who may have had a brain injury. Speak to them. Again, the more people you speak to and the more resources you seek out, the more you'll understand and the more you can navigate this very interesting journey. And it doesn't all have to be terrible. And sad and depressing, there's a lot of light to be found. You just gotta overturn some of the darkness to get to the light.
0: And that might be a great segue for a comment that I had. Um, uh one of the first like um conscious thoughts that I remembered when I woke up, whatever you wanted to find that that point is, but um, I was like, gonna <sighs> like looked around Oh my god. I thought, like, how fortunate am I? And and I thought about how um how much perspective we all get through contrast. The only reason we appreciate what we have is because it might be taken away. And then I was like, oh my God, I was so lucky. And so uh, getting that perspective was probably the the greatest thing that I've gotten from this brand injury.
1: That's wonderful. And I know Brandon has been on a previous episode where he spoke about his concept of bonus time. Brandon, would you like to tell us about that? Because I think that relates to what Christian just said.
2: Absolutely. Perspective through contrast. We, we appreciate what we have because we realize it can be taken away at any moment. And it just really underscores how much of a similar journey Christian and I are on, even with our differences in those journeys, because I have a similar perspective, just verbalized differently. And it's the concept of bonus time. And it's the idea that the first responder said, when they when they were on the scene trying to stabilize me, you know, and I went to the hospital, they said, that guy's not going to make it. And even the, you know, first people taking care of me were like, this guy's not looking good. And the cops thought I was a goner. And they said nine times out of 10, this is a call to the family members to say, I'm sorry, he didn't make it. But I did. And I survived. And it's unbelievable. And it's so cool. And it's the idea that I could have died. On July 25th, 2013. But I didn't. And I get to live this bonus time. And it's the it's the idea that yesterday was amazing because we had it. Today is amazing because we're living it. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. So when it comes, if it comes, think about what a gift that is. And it's the idea that we are all in our own bonus time. You're in your own bonus time. I'm in mine. We don't know what circumstances take place over the course of our lives that allow us to still be in the shape that we're currently in, living in this idea of bonus time. So I'm grateful to be here with all of you and sharing a little bit of our journeys with you, and hopefully it will inspire you so you can remember your own perspectives through contrast, and you can be reminded that you are living in your own bonus time.
1: Beautiful. Thank you, Brandon. One thing I would also like to stress is that Christian is 10 years post-accident as we're recording this, and Brandon is about eight and a half years post-accident. And we're still a community with each other. So if you had your brain injury yesterday, if you had it a month ago, if you had it 20 years ago, you're always part of this community and we'll always be here with you. And so I want to stress that Everybody is part of this community, regardless of when your accident happened. And if you need help, even 10 years out, even 20 years out, the Brain Injury Alliance is here for you. All these support groups that we've been talking about, particularly the Wallingford support group that we referred to that Christian and Brandon met at about eight years ago now, I think, that group is still in existence. You can attend that group every single third Tuesday of the month from 4 to 5 30 p.m. That is still a group that's going on. It's run by Janet Noviger, who is also a brain injury survivor and an incredible person and an incredible resource. If anyone needs someone to talk to, she is an incredible individual. And she also leads uh, yoga classes as well for people with traumatic brain injuries. It's gentle yoga. She does that from 3 to 4 p.m. on Friday. So Know that there is a community, you can attend it, whether you just had your accident or you're many years out. Brandon, did you have something to add?
2: Yeah, and you can show up at a support group once or every time they meet. Nobody is going to be happier to see you than the people at these meetings. And when I started my new job at an amazing organization that's fulfilling me in a lot of ways I attended the Wallingford Support Group for the first time in years, and everybody was so happy to see me, and I got to share my great news of my new job, which is still part of my recovery, right? Being able to return to work, get back to the workforce, get back to things that you love, like Christian with all of his work, and being able to feel fulfilled in those ways, having a support group, whether, like Sabrina said, whether you're Brand new, a year out, or 20 years out, or more, having a support group is like having a family that understands something that is so hard to explain to people that haven't gone through that.
1: Agreed. And there are several support groups, not just the Wallingford support group, there are several across the entire state. And if you want to learn more, you can go to the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington's website at biawa.org slash support-groups, or you can always call 877-982-4292. And there's a huge list, so check it out on the website. Um, If you don't live in Seattle, you live anywhere in the state of Washington, you might be able to find a group that's more local to you. Usually, you can find at least one every week. Uh, At the moment, a lot of these groups are even virtual, so Even if you live in Spokane, if you want to join a virtual support group in Seattle, technology allows you to do that. So feel free to do that if you want. Um, A lot of these groups will be meeting in person soon, but for now, I think they're all virtual. So please feel free to check out the support groups at any time. Another thing I would love to plug while we're all here is something that Brandon, Christian and I have participated in several years in a row when christian lived here which is we have our annual walk run and roll coming up uh it's the 12th annual walk run and roll presented by adler Geersch on saturday april 30th at green lake park and community center in seattle this is a community building event that brings together survivors family members supporters caregivers and community partners just like us we had our own team one year it was great Uh, We raise funds for those impacted by brain injury, and also we're going to be raising awareness for the silent epidemic of brain injury. If you'd like to participate, registrations can be made on our website at biawa.org or in person the day of the event. Registrations and check-ins start at 9 a.m. and the event gets started at 10. We'll also be adding a really awesome new feature this year that I am particularly excited about, and I know Brandon and Christian will be as well. We are giving away free bicycle helmets and our friends from Children's Hospital will be on hand for fittings. Uh, because as we know, when you have a bicycle accident, the way that your helmet fits is absolutely vital. If Brandon and Christian were wearing poorly fitted helmets, the helmet would not have done the trick. So uh, we will have professionals from Children's Hospital helping fit your helmet perfectly. And these are free. One thing to note, Green Lake Park just... Uh, says that we cannot have bicycles or uh, wheels. Wheelchairs are obviously okay, but you can't have roller skates or anything or bicycles. So please don't bring those, but uh, walking and running is great. And you can bring your bicycle helmet home. And when you go on your next bike ride, feel free to use it then. So if there are any questions about the walk, uh, feel free to contact the BIAWA office or find more information on the website. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brain Injury Today. If you want to get in touch with our guests, you can find that information in the show notes for this episode. Please be sure to follow Brain Injury Today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Please rate and review the show in your favorite podcast app and share the podcast with your family and friends. And as always, you can find support by calling the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington at 877-982-4292 or visiting biawa.org. Remember, you are never alone. We'll see you next time on Brain Injury Today.